This is a Broad Pods production. This is Pause Beyond the Court. Playing a team sport when you're a young woman creates friendships, community, and fitness, along with delivering a few challenges too. Joe White, a mum and qualified social worker, has gathered those in the know from teens to experts to Olympic champs and beyond to make navigating those challenges much easier with a bonus mindful moment in each episode. Hi, I'm Joe, and I wanted to talk about courtside parental etiquette and how to navigate the court with grace. I'm joined by Cassie Dittman, Senior Lecturer of Psychology at CQ University and Heidi, a talented teenage player and referee. What does it feel like when parents get angry? Well, when they're angry, it's sometimes kind of like awkward because if like a lot of people are around, everyone's just standing there like wondering why they're fighting over nothing because sometimes it's not even a big deal and they just make it a big deal. And I feel like if I was their child, I'd be embarrassed. Um, it kind of depends how it's like, if it's directed at, but if it's kind of directed at you, um, it's kind of just like brings you down and it doesn't make you feel too good, but it's not always aimed at you, so it may not always be taken by that perspective. I feel like it always depends, but if the black like, parents are mad at uh, what a ref said, I think that they just have to go with what the ref says. So how do you deal with a teammate that's rude or you don't agree? Um, if a teammate's like rude, sometimes it's just the best to ignore them. If you if that's like too hard though, or like it's really frustrating and annoying, then it's probably best to let an adult know, because um, maybe they can help fix it. It depends on the situation, but I feel like it's best to just ignore them and don't worry about what they're saying. Yeah, like don't let them bring you down and stuff. So Heidi, thank you so much for joining me today. It's so good to have you on board and here to have a chat. Yep. You are a basketballer and you also have another role on court as a referee. Yeah. Yeah. So why did you decide to become a referee? Well, I wanted to... I guess, expand my knowledge for the basketball league and that and have a different perspective when the foul's being called. Like, because I'm always used to be like, how is that a foul and stuff? And then ever since I started refing, it makes more sense now. How do you cope with and handle parents or other people on the sidelines that don't agree with the calls that you make? Well, I kind of get a bit annoyed, but I kind of just calm down because I guess I used to feel that way when I was on bench. So I kind of just ignore it at the moment and just be like, well, it's whatever we call, we call, and you just move on. So it really comes down to respect, hey? Yeah. Yeah, that's really important. What impact does it have on you when parents or other people on the sidelines or even maybe the coaches or the players are having a go at you or questioning a call that you've made? I'm wondering maybe how it makes you feel when that happens kind of feel like sometimes I just don't want to play anymore and ref and that. Yeah, and I kind of just feel like just want to break off it and then just maybe come back. Yeah, so it sounds like it puts you under a lot of pressure and yeah. that, that feels uncomfortable. Yeah, it does. How do you think it affects young players when um, there's difficulty sort of on the sidelines by parents or coaches? How do you think that affects the players? Um, I think it like 
kind of like affects the way you play and how you, I guess, bring a positive impact to the team. So if you're feeling, if they're yelling at you and you're feeling like down, I feel like it brings the whole team down at times and you'll just probably maybe lose the game or something and you'll feel upset. What do you think parents can do to improve their courtside behaviour? They should little less negative speaking thoughts and more positive because we would really need a lot of them when, even when we miss a shot and that. So do you think you would already know if you have done something on the court that you probably could have done differently and you don't need someone else to remind you of that? Yeah, I think I think so because I get told a lot in the game and it just kind of gets annoying but I'm just like, I already know, I'll play on and just fix it in the next play in that. What are your thoughts on parents or players being banned from clubs due to poor conduct? It depends on the situation because we've had a situation in my team that someone's gotten banned because of a teammate thing and kind of was upset because it's our teammate and... I feel like our team bonding will fall down and it has a little bit and it's kind of gone into the game and just lose, lost a lot of games for that. So it really it sounds like it has a ripple effect. It's not yeah. just the individuals involved, it's, it's bigger than that. Yeah. Is there anything that you think would be really important for maybe parents to think about um, when they're supporting their kids playing basketball? Maybe just keep saying positive things and just even if you're f- the player's feeling down on court, just help them and bring their positive back up and their confidence because we lose a lot in the game. I think that would help us very much. And when would be the best time for a parent to talk to their child about the game? Would that, would that be straight afterwards or would that be maybe in a few hours' time or the next day? I think a few hours of time or the next day because if you lost that game that night, you'll feel really, you'll feel really down and just don't want to talk to anyone. Yeah. So having a bit of space from the game afterwards is a good idea. Yeah. What's it like being a female involved in a basketball club when I imagine there's a lot of males playing basketball, but also as a referee too? What's that like for you? Well, since there's a lot of male referees at my club... I kind of feel left out a lot when they're all talking together and some peop- some other refs that are higher than me usually say you got to be more louder when the males have the louder voice so it's kind of just lose my confidence in that sometimes. Yeah. What suggestions or recommendations would you have for other girls that might like to take on the role of being a ref? I guess just go for it because It'll just help you and you'll have some fun even if you probably get yelled at a lot. And one one of these refs told me that I own the game when I'm refing and I should own on that court. I love that. It's your court. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us today, Cassie. You're the Senior Lecturer of Psychology at CQ University. I'm wondering if you can tell me about the Play Well Triple P program that promotes positive parenting in junior sport. So that program was a project that we embarked upon with a team of researchers from the University of Queensland and also the National Rugby League. So it was targeting an issue in junior rugby league around what they were seeing was this trend of children dropping out from junior sport. 
So the context of it was that the that representatives from the player development strategy National Rugby League came to us and said we had this really big issue with dropout from junior rugby league. And it's an issue that's not just unique to junior rugby league. We see it across a number of sports that in those early years, so those primary school years, we see this lovely increase in involvement, participation in junior sport. And then kids get to sort of the end of primary school, start of high school, and we see this drop off with that even more steep, I suppose, or more noticeable for girls in sport. One of the key contributors, obviously, was the way that parents and adults in that sporting community were supporting, well, not supporting children. So what we did in that particular project, we did some background work first. We did some quite a lot of survey work looking at what parents' experiences were in junior rugby league and what sorts of behaviours, spectator behaviours in particular, parents were showing. And we were quite startled to see just the, the high rates of some negative spectator behaviour that were occurring at junior rugby league games, so yelling and shouting at children, at players, at referees and officials, and escalating to more sort of serious things. What we then did is we're really interested in looking, what, are, what is it? That means that we get hot under the collar as parents when we're watching sport. What are those factors, I suppose, within ourselves that we can change or reflect upon to to, to control those emotions, control those really extreme behavioural reactions and ensure that our kids are having a positive and enjoyable experience in sport, which ultimately should you know, facilitate kids sticking around in a sport. And so what we landed on there was sort of a brief induction program that we call Playwell Triple P and it had it had it has an online module and it also has sort of this text message follow-up piece so the online module is it's all video-based information around ways that we you know what we call parent traps uh, we had really positive results from that and that we, we um, a trial that we ran on that we saw a reduction in over controlling sort of intrusive and directive sorts of parenting behavior the feedback we got from parents was that it was a really useful experience to reflect more closely on our our own beliefs and attitudes and how that comes out in our behaviour. I guess uh, one of the major factors influencing children's decision to quit sports is pressure from parents, coaches or peers. How does this pressure impact a child's experience of sport? There's really interesting research and you get really um, interesting insights from kids and, and teenagers because they tend to be beautifully direct. And, you know, a lot of kids and teenagers that we, we interview for this particular project is kids love it when mums and dads are supportive and encouraging, when they, they, they show up and are involved and when things are positive. They don't like it so much when mum or dad or granddad or, you know, Auntie Jo or whoever um, yells instructions from the sidelines. They, they find it confusing. They can find it embarrassing. They don't like it when, when adults get too, you know, worked up and overwrought. And they really don't like it when, when there's a focus from parent on the negative. And so I think as parents, we, we have this, we have this real tension, I think, you know, as a sporting parent, I can see it in myself. We have this real tension that we, we see potential in our children. We see them, you know, wanting, we want them to do well. We want them to achieve and all those sorts of things. But at the same time, we know that it's not about us. <laughs> and it's not about our own beliefs and expectations. It is about, about the children. So sometimes we fall into this trap as parents of focusing too much on the competition, on the winning, on the potential things that go wrong for the particular child or the team and what comes out of our mouths then or in, you know, 
the inactions, our behavior is negativity, is hostility, is criticism. And, you know, in particular, kids often highlight that they hate the, um, the drive home from, from the game, doing that post-game debrief. And generally speaking, that's the point at which they're tired, they're hungry, or they've completely moved on from the game. Um, and they don't, they just don't want to talk about it. And I think all of that pressure that can come from parents, that real focus on, you know, the nitty gritty of what went wrong and things that didn't work well means that kids, they just lose that enthusiasm. Yeah. Thank you. I think it's important that touch on the sort of post-game conversation in the car, because I think that's, yeah, a common, a common situation and creating that space and that time can be really helpful for the kids to just ground themselves after the emotions of playing a game and win or lose. There's just a lot happening for them. How do you think parents can help create a positive sporting experience when supporting from the sidelines and after the game? That's a really great question. I think there's lots of answers to that. One of the big things parents can do when it comes to their kids' sport is really and take some time to reflect on why they've got their kids involved in sport. So we know, you know, anyone who was involved in sport in any way, shape or form know that it's a really tiny, small percentage of kids who are going to go on to, you know, high levels of representation or to a professional level of sport. And the rest of the rest of kids and the rest of us, I suppose, as adults are involved in sport for very different reasons. So, you know, when I think about why I've got my children involved in sport, I think about, you know, the importance, I suppose, of physical activity and fitness and strength of trying out new sports and enjoying that. They're just kids. They're just learning. They're here to have fun. And then, you know, if things do get heated and worked up, it, it is that point of just, you know, having a, taking a check of yourself and going, all right, it's time to remove myself from the situation, time to take a walk, um, you know, and, and sort of do something that's going to help you calm down. You know, the drive home in the car might not be the best time, but, you know, over dinner later on when everyone's relaxed, that might be a better time. Or when you're sitting down watching, you know, a game of soccer or whatever on TV later on, maybe that's the time to say, oh, you know, when you did that thing on, you know, today when you played or last week when you played, can you see how they do it a little bit differently here? And just picking one or two things, I think, to focus on as areas of improvement, because we also do tend to do a bit of a feedback dump because <laughs> we feel it's important that they hear everything when kids are not going to take it all in. So it's just picking those one or two things that you think are important and remembering to be positive, remembering to praise, remembering to notice when kids have accomplished a new skill, when they've worked hard in the face of adversity, when they've, you know, walked over to a teammate and given them a pat on the shoulder or, you know, shook hands at the end with the other team, even that was a, you know, a really difficult game. So all those other sorts of skills that come out of sport that you want to encourage. They're not necessarily the physical skills. Yeah, I like to call them the glimmer moments, those moments that you could, you suddenly capture in the moment and hold on to them as a reminder of the the small, really valuable, simple things that we tend to forget sometimes. How important do you think it is to have positive role modelling? I think in sport, it's really, really important. I think that the the adults do set the tone within a within a sporting context, and so much of what we do, children pick up on, even if we don't realise. And it might not come out straight away, but it might come out weeks and weeks later when you hear a particular, you know, something come out of their mouth, or you know, they react or behave in a particular way to a certain situation. So. 
I think, you know, as adults, we do need to be really mindful of the way our behavior is seen and viewed and what, what children and teenagers pick up on. And also, I suppose if I think of my children and the, you know, the coaches that they've had and the other adults they've had involved in their life, I, I can just see some really you know, wonderful role models that they've had the the benefit of being exposed to. And that that goes for, you know, sport at school and, and sport, you know, club sport as well. What are your tips for keeping emotions in check? So what are some key things do you think parents can do or support people can do to help with that emotional regulation? One of the first steps is to really think about your beliefs around sport and what your expectations are for your child in playing sport. So sometimes if we have unrealistic expectations around our child and what they can do or achieve or what they should be doing, that can lead to, you know, those, those thoughts that are going through our head stem from those expectations and beliefs. And those thoughts are sort of what provokes us to behave in a certain way and react in a, in a particular way. So if we can first start by having a, having a real good hard look at ourselves, that would be the way to put it. To really think about what's going through our head, what where where are these angry or upset feelings coming from? Why am I um, so worked up here? You know, it it, it, it sounds really naff, or it sounds a little bit lame, but they are really important things to remind yourself that they're just kids; they're still learning. Everyone makes mistakes. That can help you sort of just bring down the the heat out of your emotions. And if you're finding that's still not working, then it is you know probably really good to remove yourself from the situation, take a walk head up to the car, you know, do what you need to do. And also just, I suppose, have somebody there. So if you know that you're prone to getting a, a bit overwrought when you're watching your kids game uh, and you, you, you're you wanting to change that behaviour because you can see that it's impacting the kids, you can see that it's impacting everybody around you, have a, have a friend or a partner or, you know, another family member there and sort of just tap you on the shoulder and say, you know, hey, <laughs> um, no one likes to be told to calm down, but hey... <laughs> How about you take a moment? I was just picturing the image of the self-reflection, you know, um, in the mirror of a parent and and seeing that sort of fed back to them through their child. So could be quite crucial moment and learning experience with that. How do you think having a positive sporting experience impact on kids' mental health for things like anxiety and depression? Yeah, that is a great question. There's some really great longitudinal research coming out now that shows that children who are involved in sport, particularly children who are involved in team sport, has what we call a protective influence on on children's mental health. So what that means is that kids who stay in sport long term, um, particularly over that, I suppose, that vulnerable period for drop-off, which is, I suppose, across the transition into adolescence, those kids are much less likely to be anxious, much less likely to be depressed and much less likely to have thoughts of suicide. So it's not cause and effect, but I suppose you can kind of see that kids who, we, we know the importance of physical activity and exercise for mental health. Generally speaking, that's, you know, actually one of the most well-replicated findings in the research is that exercise and physical activity is, is really important for your mental health. But beyond those benefits of physical activity, those benefits that kids derive from sense of belonging, from social connectedness, being part of something bigger, focusing on the future because sport is very much around, um, you know, we're going to learn these particular skills to help you do this in the game and then we'll try it out in this game and then we'll see how you go across the course of the season. 
you know, if you're playing in a sport where there's, you know, finals and things, you're building towards those, that, that pointy end of the season as well. So, I mean, even in individual sports, you're always sort of really focused on your, um, your own skills, your own improvement. How am I going to beat that particular time? Or how am I going to do this particular maneuver or, um, skill in a, in a better way? So I think there's so, there's so many positive wellbeing benefits for sport, for kids and for all of us, really. What recommendations do you have for parents whose child wants to drop out of sport? Sometimes having a conversation with kids, there's sometimes there might just be a really practical reason. Like, actually, no, I've decided that surf lifesaving isn't what I want to do and I really want to focus on cricket. Whatever it might be. So there might be some really practical reasons that are unrelated, I suppose, to us as parents or, or our involvement. There might be other sorts of pragmatic reasons it's good to have a conversation with kids about. So, you know, having a chat with them and, it, again, when, when it's a good time, so it might be when everyone's happy, when everyone's, everything's low key, there's no stress or pressure, you don't need to be anywhere. You might be, you know, going for a walk in the evening or, you know, doing something in the backyard. Um, and then say, so what are the things that you don't like? And sometimes that question can actually bring out some, you know, really easy fixes. So it might be something like I'm finding being in this division too hard or too competitive and I'm not enjoying it. Or I'm finding that I don't really like my team and I really wish I could be on this team with my friends from school. So those are sorts of things that as a, you know, as a parent, we can step in and talk to the club and say, look, you know, is there a possibility, you know, for them to play down a division or can we change teams for a season and see how things go? So those are the sorts of things. You have a conversation with kids at a time when they're actually willing to talk. You can, you can get some really good information from them about what's going on. They might not be an individual sport person and they really want to just focus on team sports or whatever it might be. So I think viewing the decision to drop out not necessarily is a bad thing can also be helpful because we do have that parent rule that you need to stick to something and commit and we want to you know put put that you know that value into our children we see that really important but sometimes that decision is an okay decision if it's you know not working out and it's actually having negative impacts on how a child is feeling or experiencing but I think that you know you do sort of set some caveats around that so we're not dropping out mid-season um, you know, if you don't want to let teammates down and so forth. So you can always set up sort of a little experiment. Let's, you know, often there's a bit of a grace period before you have to pay your registration fees. So let's see how things go for the first few weeks of the season and you're still not enjoying it. Yep, absolutely. We'll, we'll step out of it for this season and maybe it's just having a break as well. So it sounds like open, respectful, non-judgmental conversation and try and work mm-hmm. out a plan moving forward that's, as you say, going to keep them active and moving but that's something that's also going to be of interest to them and and that they want to connect with or try something new yeah absolutely yeah and I think there's a lot of this we're really spoiled for choice I think these days when it comes to different types of sport and physical activity and I think you know the the kids who maybe aren't interested in team sports for example there's lots of other activities you know there's there's ninja warrior you know courses in gymnastics there's you know kids can get involved in gym workouts and all sorts of things so there's orientation activities and bike riding and that kind of stuff so there's there's so many options I think and that just having a plan is a really good idea so if we're not going to do this so we need to have a plan for making sure that being active is still still a part of your life yeah yeah Wonderful. Well, Cassie, thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate it. One White Minute. Feeling stressed and overwhelmed? Maybe what you need is a circuit breaker. The next 60 seconds will help distract you from the chaos and lead you to calm. 
This exercise needs the outdoors, so if you can't do it right now, save it for later. I'm Jo White and this is One White Minute. Wherever you are right now, if it's safe, go outside. Now let's be brave. Take off your shoes. Take a few steps barefoot along the ground. What do you feel? What's underneath your feet? Is it warm? Is it cold? Is it sharp? Is it hard? Can you feel the breeze on your face? Is it cold? Do you have goosebumps? By focusing on these sensations, it should help to move you from where you were emotionally to the very present moment. Focused on you and connected to nature. Pause beyond the court 